Let's get away, mystery lady. I know the world is going crazy, but I can see you having my baby. Let's get away. Get away, mystery lady. I know the world is going crazy, but I can see you having my baby. Let's get away. Let's get away, mystery lady. I know the world is going crazy, but I can see you having my baby. Let's get away. Let's get away, mystery lady. I know the world is going crazy. I can see you having my baby. Let's get away. Let's get away, mystery lady. Jamil, I remember in 2006 when you decided to go to Atlanta. I wasn't really excited about you going, but I saw that you were determined to go because when you were on your way, the car broke down and you got out of your car and got into your cousin's car and had your car towed back home and kept going to Atlanta. And then from there, you know, I just saw how you began to bloom and you had your ups, you had your downs. And even though I was here and you were there, I was still just a phone call away. And we talked every day. It's just been exciting to see how you've grown, how you've changed your way of thinking, how you've enlightened me in your journey, how you've shared so much knowledge and you've taught me so much. You've taught me how to think for myself. You've taught me how to investigate for myself and seek out the truth. And that's something that I never did before. And I'm really grateful for that. It has taken a lot of courage for you to do the things you've done. You have made me proud. I'm excited for you. I love you. I admire you. You encourage me to pursue the best me that I can possibly be. In all that I do, I share with you. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, and I love you. Mystery lady, I know the world is going crazy. I can see you having my baby. Let's get away. Let's get away, mystery lady. I know the world. Good morning, everybody. And I want to thank everybody for being with us another Saturday. I know we took last Saturday off, but we here today, and guess what? We're streaming live and direct from Naptown, Indianapolis, my hometown, and I am in the studio of our lovely co-host, Miss Kiana Coral. That's the wrong one. There we go. You can talk. Oh, okay. You just sitting there grinning like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Carolyn, and good morning, Cuzzo. Thank, I appreciate the birthday wishes. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, last night, I said uh, my birthday like a grown man should be, and that was in the house and quiet. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have a... <laughs> People were like, what you going to do for your birthday? I sit down. Have you been outside of this place? It is freezing. In the... Listen, why are y'all still living here? <laughs> I asked. Let me not. I digress. I was coming to this place this morning, and there were birds here. Why are birds still in Indianapolis? I, know, I think somewhere around the around.
down the line, uh, they got confused. So I think the, the weather confused them in, on a regular in Indianapolis. They don't know when and where to go. They didn't get the memo from the geese that be at the ponds. They be like, listen, we got to go down to Florida. Y'all coming? If you drive. You know, sometimes the geese is confused, too. You see some of them still on frozen lakes and ponds <laughs> in the apartment complex. You, they, they be just as confused as everybody else. They like, where the, where's the juice? Yes. Hey, you got to talk directly. Okay. Yeah. Where's so. the juice? Red, black, green, because, oh, you know that's what it is. What's up, Denise? Ha- thank you. I appreciate the happy. Man, y'all just love it. <laughs> thank you. Send me some money for the birthday. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> time for the I thought that's what it was. I, that's why I stopped. Don't, I was yeah, like, don't worry I don't about know it. How, I'm not about to start twerking. Uh, although I do. Some, no, I'm just playing. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> Listen, where is Dre when you need him? <laughs> What's up, Dre? If you're listening, peace, brother. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I said having trouble hearing the queen. See? Oh, so, okay. So this is. The whole um, microphone check one two one two. Oh, uh, you got it right in front of your face. You got to move it to the side, like like your like boy doing. You like, know what I'm saying? Like okay, so you want you want it like this? Yeah, yeah. you got to be. You there know what I'm saying? Go. Turn me up in the headphones. Okay. You feel me? All right. <laughs> you got it, Guru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. You know, we had to bring some of Imagery Studio to Indianapolis too, so you no, know, we get that, <laughs> that 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 thing. You know that thing thing. You hey. hey, but we are gonna go ahead and get started into the um. The fun fact, um, we want to start out by saying uh, rest in power to Cicely Tyson, a phenomenal woman, and uh, she she lived to be 96. And I try my best not to mourn too hard for people because I like to celebrate their life. And uh, she did a lot. She did a lot in the 96 years she was here. Uh, there's a lot of people that live longer than her and don't do not, I'm not gonna minimize what they've done, right? But right. you know, the aspirational level. You know, anyway. So we're gonna get to this fun fact. We're gonna talk about sister mother Cicely Tyson with co-host Kiana Corey. That is a fun fact. Want to hear a fun fact? It's like a fun fact. Another fun fact. Here's a fun fact. Or not so fun fact. Or here's another not the so fun fact. Not so much fun anymore, is it? All right, so as everyone knows, um, a couple of days ago, uh, Queen Cicely Tyson passed away at the age of 96. Okay, yes, bring it down because I'm kind of short, okay? <laughs> so um, first I'll start off with uh, a little bit of history. So she was born in Harlem on December 19th, 1924, y'all, 24, okay? Um, she was the daughter of immigrants from the islands of Nevis, which is in uh, the West Indies. After she was casually told that she should try modeling, she did. And she appeared in a hair show and registered at Barbara Watson Modeling School. Soon after that, she gave up her job as a secretary for the American Red Cross and quickly became one of the top black models in the country. Using that as a stepping stone, she began to act. Um, She refused roles that casted black women uh, as prostitutes, Mm. drug addicts, and housemaids in an entertainment industry that did that continuously. And still do to this day. 
uh, she vowed to accept only parts of strength, pride, and dignity. And uh, she did so in such roles as sharecropper's wife in Sounder, 1972. It was um, set in the Depression era of the South. She played the role of Harriet Tubman, Coretta Scott King, um, the inner city Chicago educator Marva Collins, and the mothers of Rosa Parks and Olympic track star Wilma Rudolph. Um, she also played in the autobi- autobiography of Jane Pittman and the mother of the enslaved but rebellious Kunta Kinte in Roots. Um, Queen Cicely also starred on television alongside George, George C. Scott as a social worker in the 1963 television series East Side, West Side, the first time an African-American actor had a starring role on a major TV series. She was also no stranger to Broadway. She used the stage to address civil rights issues at a time when the country was raging through turbulent change. She said, I was on, I was on the stage. Every play I did had to do with civil right, the civil rights movement. Every single piece addressed it. She starred in a 1983 revival of Emmeline's, Emmeline's, Emmeline Williams' The Corn is Green. Um, which was about a school marm in Wales. And although many reviewers were intrigued about the the colored blindness of the cast, uh, they felt like Cicely Tyson was a um, a weak link. So she missed one day of work, and then they fired her. She sued them. And then she got $750,000 as her contract stipulated. At 89 years old, in 2013, she received a Tony Award for her Broadway performance as a spirited widow in The Trip to Bountiful. Then in 2015, she returned to the broad, to Broadway alongside James Earl Jones in The Gin Game. She was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the nation's highest civilian honor. And she revolutionized the black woman movement and became an icon with her beautiful dark skin and wearing her natural hair on screen as well as for addressing colorism in Hollywood for all these things and much more. She will never be forgotten. Black Mark. What's up, brother? I want uh, everybody to just uh, let all of those words resonate in your brain. Because um, back then, a lot of the artists, they weren't talking about chasing the bag. Mm-hmm. You couldn't be sold. for. I mean, you did have some, but the major- a good portion of them, they stood for something. What's the proverb? It says, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. anything. And yep. we are in a current state, and we've been in a current state, of falling for everything and anything just mm-hmm. for some money. And when you see, when you, when you, if, if you're not familiar with social engineering, it it baffles me how people have a problem understanding that the, our art form has been turned against us. It baffles me. It's like, you don't see the conditioning of the brain through the, the magic that you create. And all the evidence is there. It's right in front of your face. And not only just by me saying it and Kiana saying it, they're, Government documentations, document documentation that tells you this, but yet you know, 
it, I, I woke up one morning and I was thinking about how if you were to come out right now to be a squeaky, poppy clean, and not to say you should, but as a Will Smith or something, you know what I mean, uh, having music with no cussing in it, mm-hmm. as soon as people recognize ain't no cussing in it, there's no violence in it, there's no sexual exploitation to it, oh, that's whack. <laughs> Immediately. What? Cicely Tyson stood. First, let me rewind. You see a lot of entertainers today that are chasing the bag, that are falling for the bag. You might see them with the Rolls Royce. You might see them with the, with the, um, with the remnants of capitalism. Mm-hmm. But what happens three years after that trend dies? I feel like that's why a lot of these uh, the newcomers in the entertainment industry are. Uh, are kind of wising up, maybe knowing that this stuff is not going to last that long. Good morning, so, Mama. Good morning. Love good you, baby. Morning. We will see you later. No, well, I mean, you talking about as far as from a business standpoint, yes. as far as uh, being independent. Yeah, yeah, but everybody's still chasing the bag because uh, you, yeah, they you, are. You turn on, of you, you have grown people that are parents that know that this stuff is dangerous, and they work at these radio stations, and they hit play. On, like when you listen to, I don't listen to the radio, but when I turn on the radio and I hear the top 10, I'm looking like, you can't tell me. You can't tell me as much as a lot of these people claim that they for the people and for the, the, the city and stuff. You can't tell me that they don't know that that's poison being disseminated into the minds. And furthermore, let me stop right there again. Keep having these thoughts that pop up. I want you all to understand that the human brain doesn't fully develop until about or around 25 this is a why. This is why your child is being your child's mind is being attacked, targeted, targeted yeah. through television. You know, through anything that they can consume, they are being attacked. And you, as the parent, by not knowing, which is the definition of ignorance, you're participating in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to go this far away, but it's just something when you look at when you look at Cicely Tyson, and um, um. What's uh uh I just watched the documentary. We talked about it last year. Uh oh shoot. The couple. Ooh. The couple. Yes. Yeah, uh Davis, what's his name? Uh the the man and the woman uh couple. The guy died before the woman. You talking about in um In real life. In, oh. Okay. Like they were a, a couple that were uh actors and actresses. Ali, not Ali Davis. Um, shoot. Good morning, Shishi. Um, Listen, I don't remember. I'll get back to it. But yeah. anyway, you had a lot of your entertainers back there that stood for something. Yeah. We not standing for nothing. Yeah. And they get mad when you when you say, I don't want to hear this. Then now it's always now you shaming. No, I'm not shaming. I'm just not accepting the poison. Isn't that isn't that crazy? Yeah. Shaming. Yeah. and then they next step they cancel you yeah because you don't agree with stuff that's not natural so let me point that out genetically modified organisms they're not natural so if you have a a seedless watermelon Mm. that's not natural nature does not produce itself to not reproduce itself so if you're part of this you know there's all types of trends that's moving and it's, it's stuff that's counterproductive 
Yes. And when you get back, there's science the tied into it. Things. There's mm-hmm. science tied. The music, the food, the, the, the television, all this stuff is, is, is science. But because we're not taught science, we're not taught uh, uh, psychology, we're not taught a lot of, shoot, you're not even taught finance. You're not <laughs> uh, like Mark said, Cicely Tyson was what black history was all about. You're right. Ruby D, my mama, Ruby okay. D, that's what I'm okay. talking about. Thank you, mama. You be listening to me. Yeah. Kiana don't. <laughs> I've been with her uh, on this show for about a year, and I'm trying to, yeah, I was talking to my mama's like, Ruby D, that's what you're talking about? Anyway, I digress. The audacity. <laughs> uh, she, she says, Cicely Tyson Hart, it is great to hear about the, uh, the boundaries she created for herself in the entertainment industry. Yeah. And and the thing is, is I could have gone on, I would still be talking. The her repertoire is so vast, like she has, I mean, of such a large resume mm-hmm. of what she's done throughout her her span of of living, and being an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I was looking at all those things when I was taking my notes and everything, and I was like, I can't, I can't list all of it. Like, this, this we is still be wild. going, yeah. But that's the that's the difference between somebody. See, Denzel said, and this there was a uh, interview that Denzel did, and Denzel said, your life, like whether it's your career, or just life period, it's going to be based around your nose, not this, but the nose. Mm-hmm. Not the yeses, but the noes. Because when you're in all these different sectors of 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 of, of this re- existence, here goes some money. Say yourself out. No. Ah, didn't get him right there. Here go a car. Say yourself out. Mm-hmm. The people that say no, they they create a legacy. It, it might be subtle, or it might not be subtle, but it's a legacy. Denzel Washington has created a legacy. Chad Boswick created a legacy. These two people, these three people, that were four or five people, Ruby D, I, I, uh, uh, what's Ruby D's husband's name? Something Davis. Listen. I just woke up, and it's cold outside. Don't, Mama Harley, what, what was his name? Ah, so you don't know either. Good, no, so I it's don't. not just me. <laughs> um, But it's, it's, it's amazing when you look, when you compare and contrast to where, you got the money, but where's the dignity? Where's the dis- mm-hmm. where's the respect? As a, and and then the integrity, integrity. But overall, where is your power? You've given it away for merchandise. You've given it away for retail. Ozzy Davis, that's what it is. Yeah, see, two people. Yeah, Mama and Carolyn, they got it. Appreciate y'all, Ozzy Davis. These people, you can't erase them from the history books. You can try. But they works will supersede anybody that you know today that will willingly exploit themselves. And then as it pertains to the music, they'll say, well, you know, they just kids. Mm. And I'm like, but they Tupac was a child. Right. Nas right. was a child when uh, his album came out. And they were just really just talking about the, the they weren't exploiting themselves. They weren't glorifying the, 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 the misery that we constantly walk around but have a smile on our face because we got a gold chain and we got a nice watch or we got a nice car but when you go to sleep you having nightmares you can't even sleep at night i'll say this 
I think some of them, like I say about others, knew how to put the medicine in the candy. So it was a matter of, okay, well, they're going to keep me on the air as long as I say this, but let me tell you something. I got some more stuff to say. Yeah. You know the beautiful thing about that statement, put the medicine with the candy? Um, Prodigy. He was doing, uh, he had like a YouTube thing where he was talking. It was like a rugged riding through New York talking. And he was talking about that same metaphor. He said, I kept putting the medicine in the candy, but they weren't listening. So after a while, he was like, forget it. Here's the medicine. Just if you don't like it, just oh, well. But this is what it is, because once you throw it in there, what's the purpose for an alarm clock? Well, matter of fact, what are some of the physical attributes of an alarm clock? The, the loud noise. The it's obnoxious. Noise. Yeah. It's not pleasant. No. And what does it do? <laughs> it wakes you up. It wakes you up out of your sleep. So for me, I'm the point. I don't want to mix the medicine with the candy no more because y'all tasting the, the sugar too good and missing the whole point. And you are literally giving your power to uh, organizations, institutions, and individuals that are capitalizing on your, your on our ignorance. And ignorance, here's we all. You got so many different variations of uh, into in intellect throwing the word to, around the word ignorant. Ignorant just means. Someone without the information. That's it. So I'm ignorant to a lot of things because I don't yeah. know everything. But by by acknowledging my level of ignorance, that opens a door for me to gain the knowledge. So in certain variations, I won't be ignorant. And I'm not going to be ignorant because I don't want to be ignorant. But when you just sit back and be like, oh, man, that's just, you know, boop, 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 you know what I'm saying, and boop, boop. All that, you saying, I want to be ignorant. I want to be controlled. And not only do I want to be controlled, if I am going to be controlled, then guess who else is going to be controlled? The people that I say I love the most, my mm -hmm. children. Man, this is a beautiful topic today, man. I love me some, 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 some people that stand up for what's right. And it don't matter who you are. Yeah. If you're standing up for what's right, and you, it's not hard to see what's wrong. It's not. Ah, man. But you know, I think that it's just easier that way. Yeah, of course. Like you don't, it's too hard. To, to stand and to keep standing when it's when it's that much easier to fall and stay there. And you know, but you know why it stays harder? Because you're the only one doing it. Mm. <laughs> you look at you look at ants. Ants build highways, like legit highways in the ground. Mm -hmm. But they have to do it together. I've seen if you if y'all go on YouTube and just look at and just do some Google search uh, YouTube searching on ants. Ants are the uh, metaphor of what I'm talking about. They are so amusing. I just told my daughter that I said, "Be an ant. <laughs> Be an ant. Not not like your 
your auntie and be an aunt. Yeah. Sometimes you have to you have to to carry uh, carry those things, and then along the way, you will definitely get some help. You know, it takes it takes a, a society, a village, a community. So, I just told her that. And a a, a group of ants will carry a semi truck. <laughs> <laughs> from Indianapolis to Florida, you'd be like, where is that? Why is that semi-truck just moving it's across flying. grassland? <laughs> and you just got ants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to have a gazillion of them, but they're going to work together. Listen, work together. Stop working against each other. This is not, this is not rocket science. What was that old advertisement when we were younger? Working together work. I forgot what what commercial it was from. Yeah, and when but when you look at the institution of thought, in this, especially in this country, that's not a thing. For well, for certain groups, it is because they understand they don't want to be where we at. But when you go into our institutions of thought, we've adopted this me 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 me. A dooba do me, 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 a dooba do me. Did you just turn that into a, did you just turn that into a jazz song? I started scatting and everything. It'd be good to me, 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 me. me. It just, and it's like, but why? You're not going to. I was in a comedy troupe in Atlanta when I first moved there. It was like 2000. I moved there in 06. I, uh, I, I met with, uh. Good friend Mia Jackson. She introduced me to uh, Alex Gardner. Then we got introduced to Landry, Carlos Simmons. Um, we 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 put our collective magic together, and then the ones that had the ideas, the grand ideas. People like me, I just played my role because I was new to this. They live in Atlanta. That, that's what they see. I'm coming from Indiana. We don't really see that. So I just played my role. And I'm just starting to see things come together. Then we created Class Clowns. Mm-hmm. That came, I think, that'd be, I think we, that was an LLC, Class Clowns. And then we started putting together sketches. And then we, then we filmed uh, a pilot for a, a television show. We didn't finish it because... We were so young and immature and things started happening, so we dispersed. We broke up. But when you look back at the things we accomplished by working as a unit, we could have been the next in living color. Nobody was really doing that on YouTube at that time. And we had two networks that wanted to see the finished product of the two, uh, was it two seasons or one season of the pilot? From there, and, and this is dealing with the arts, you get into the, 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 the umph of, of what it is to be an entertainer, and you find that entertainers are where they're at as a collective because they don't work together. Mm. You're going to have somebody that's in there that's going to try to steal something, stab something, take the shine away, be jealous, not supportive, and always wanted to go back on. Me, 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 shoo-doo-ba-doo me. And it's like, when you look at, and I know I'm going all over the place, but this is, this, this, 
Cicely Tyson has really inspired me this morning to stay on my square. Yes. When you look at specifically the comedy industry, because that's where I come from, we have been conditioned to think that we need the comedy clubs. How do you need the compartment when you are the commodity? Especially when you can make your own compartment. You could, Bernie Mac did comedy on the trains. So what I'm talking about is removing your desire to give your power to institutions that treat you unfairly. Because when you talk to people in all these different um, sectors of entertainment, mm-hmm. especially the ones that, that aren't the, the golden children, mm-hmm. they will point out the injustices, the racism, and all this other stuff, but keep pushing because they've seen their counterparts make it. And even those counterparts behind the scene, they'll be pointing out different stuff, but they're not going to mess up that check. Mm-hmm. Yes. Look at football. We dominate football with 90-some percent. And we don't own any football teams, and it's not because we can't afford it. It's because we're not voted in to be owners. But yet we still keep funneling ourselves into this institution. I talk about that a lot uh, in the, the arts realm because I am a visual artist. And it even happens in that, too. Right now, we are hot even though we've always been, mm-hmm. we are hot. We, we draw, we paint, we do graffiti, we sculpt. We, we are amazing when it comes to creating. And when everything happened, when everything began happening with the riots and everything, we became more noticed and then more marketable because everybody was everybody had their eye on us at the time because what were we doing we were we were expressing our truth mm-hmm. excuse me we were expressing our truths through the arts through the spoken word uh performing arts we were just I'm not going to say coming out of nowhere cuz a lot of us have been doing this for ages mm-hmm. but they like these cities, these cities started getting money off of us, like money. And when I say like, I mean, millions only for them to turn around and give us scraps for to, to create murals and and things of that nature. And, you know, for so long, I've been like. Just like what you said, we are the commodity. Mm-hmm. Why is it that we can't stick together and and create something just phenomenal for ourselves? Like a, an arts committee greater. I was told once it's because they have the money. And I get that. But when when we get the money we still have the opportunity to put it into us, mm-hmm. but we don't. Mm-hmm. So we, then what, what turns, what, what you have to do is you have to turn back around and put your hand out again. Mm-hmm. 
and say, okay, well, I, I've you gave me that money. Now what do I need to do for for the next Give me some bit more. of money? Yeah. Oh, oh, you want me to do another uh, another black piece for for this? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to put my face on the front of some and then you're going to give me some more money. And then you know what I mean? But that's there that that is that's a way to climb. But you climb and then you 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 don't reach down like Issa Rae said something uh in an interview once before and she she said something about you know a lot of people when they when they get to a certain level of success instead that they continue to reach up mm-hmm. for the you know the who's higher than me yeah. let me get into their circle instead of reaching, reaching down. down and saying you know hey i know you you've been working on doing this for a long time which it which a camera work and mm-hmm. and so on and so let me let me hey come over here you help me you know i've seen the f- the the f- photographs that you take i've seen the artwork that you do like i i commend those those artists that are reaching out to to us visual artists like the dean collection that's swiss beats mm-hmm. phenomenal snoop dogg just got a he's 18 this 18 year old artist I don't know if y'all have you seen the the uh the um the art piece where all the comedians are in the barbershop. Yeah. A 16-year-old did that? He's 18 now. 18. So It's pretty dope. Yes. So he just did uh some cover art for Snoop. Um I want to thank me. Oh, from when he did that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, a round table of Snoop just like the different versions of Snoop just talking to himself and giving himself counsel. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so dope. You know, like it, it just happens all the time. And I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if we would be in the, the field of, of entertainment or what have you, but I just, I just think that we could do so much, so much better and so much more. Well, let's take a step yeah. back. And I and I often say this this phrase when I'm talking. Dr. Wayne Dyer, if you haven't heard of him, uh, look him up right now. He's a phenomenal uh, person. He passed in 2015. But uh, get his book, Your, Eron- Your, Your Erroneous Zones. But in that book, a phrase that I've taken with me since reading was when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So we keep... The narrative that we don't have money is constantly pushed down to us. And we 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 listen to it because we we look at it in a certain way where we can see that that's right. Like, yeah, we don't have money. But take a step back. If it's projected already that we spend two point five trillion dollars, who don't have money? <laughs> That's enough for another country. We spend more money than everybody, but yet we don't have money to do it. So we keep going to to institutions to, hey, take some of this essence and and give me a couple of dollars for it. Mm -hmm. When in fact, when you can be like, no, I'm good. I'm working with Kiana. I'm working with buddy, buddy, buddy. And we going to work together to get this. And then you can pay us for a fraction of this so that you cannot own it. We're the owners, but now we create it and we can barely lease it. 
We could lease it, and then we're going to get triple charged for it. The same thing that these other countries do to these, these other countries to keep them poor, that keeps them dependent on them. This is not rocket science. How are you the ones that create everything that's marketable? But when it comes to the ownership of it, it's not you. It just constantly give stuff away. So we have the money to do all of this. But you have to change the way you look at things so the things you look at can change. We have to be more focused with power and control over ourselves. And that means everything else that comes from who we are, who we've been, who we're going to be. I was at the barbershop the other day and I was talking to the barber. Uh, shout out to Gina. What's out? And uh, we had a conversation about um, finance and, you know, different social issues and um, I was breaking it down how a lot of our problem looks like we created it. Mm-hmm. But when you get into social science, follow the money. And you'll see the mastermind in the background on the keyboard like, <laughs> we got all and then let's pay this person, this person, this person to push this narrative out to the masses so they can accept it from themselves. Even though we was the puppet master, I was the puppet master, this organization was the puppet master, this institution was the puppet master. Man. Man, man, man. Uh, Tasha says, good book. Yeah, that is a good book. I want everybody to read it. That is a good book. Good book. Get that book. Um, go on, Carolyn says... Interesting. Would you say that there's definitely a crab syndrome in the comedy industry? It's in life. This is how we are taught. This is how we are taught. When you look at things like, let's go to church. I got my own personal relationship with God. That's a way to diffuse what's being happened, what's happened to the people. That's, that's a way for you to ignore a lot of things that's that's happened. So, you know, somebody told me. Somebody told me that they not worried about catching Corona because they pray. Do what? So your prayer is the one that's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Yours. Everybody else that caught it, they, they prayers don't mean, nah, they ain't, as, they, ain't as, they ain't hard like me. It's that mindset where we don't care about our neighbors as long as we good. But then when you put the mirror on yourself, are you really good? Yes. We've been taught to live to normalize dysfunction. Does it feel good? No. You know, I was talking to one of my guys the other day, and we was talking about um, trauma and dysfunction. And I, I looked deep within, and I acknowledged that the reason, one of the reasons why I, I feel that people, and I'm not a psychologist, um, one, thing, one reason why I feel that people kind of continue in their dysfunction throughout, uh, through their trauma is because that that dysfunct that trauma is like a little baby. It's like the little baby them that they keep trying to protect mm-hmm. instead of evolving away from it. It's like now somebody got to pay for this pain that I've that I've uh, been carrying. 
And not only that, I have to protect this pain because I didn't, I didn't deserve this. And you're right. You didn't deserve it. But you also don't deserve to sit in that mess. You don't deserve to sit in that filth. You don't deserve. You shouldn't be okay with normalizing that trauma. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if, if, if you drop a match on your clothes? <laughs> right. <laughs> you try to hurry up and get that thing off of you. But when it comes to trauma, because it's so delicate and because it comes to a lot of us as children and it just, you know, it's kind of perpetual. Um, we try to hoard it and protect it and keep it safe. But nonetheless, we keep it with us like you all read trauma. We about to move to this next mm -hmm. phase in life. Come on, get your coat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Grab your brother. <laughs> Grab your brother. Tell him, come on. <laughs> What's up, Nubia? You hey, hey, better late than never, baby. Glad you're here, Nubia from Louisville. What's up? Hey there. Um, but Cicely Tyson, and you know, man, Cicely Tyson. I'm about to get old on you. <laughs> Cicely Tyson is a fox. <laughs> That's some old people stuff. Ain't it? <laughs> My sister's grandmother still says that. She says that we call her Mamma. She still says that. Kiana, you such a fox. Hey! <laughs> you a fox! <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, and she, man, uh, I was looking back at some footage and some interviews and some photographs of her during her modeling days. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. Her and Eartha Kitt, baby. Beautiful. 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 And the thing about Eartha Kitt, and I always apologize to anybody that I'm talking to, because I have to say this. I wasn't introduced to Eartha Kitt until Boomerang. Yeah. So. Marcus, I'm not wearing any bondy. <laughs> My introduction to Eartha Kid, I was like, she's creepy. No. But then when I got to see her work, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, she is amazing. Yes. Why wouldn't you put that? Why wouldn't you tell us, Eddie? <laughs> don't just start her off right here. I'm a baby. I don't know this stuff. Yes. Eartha Kid, yeah, man. They was, uh, I saw pictures of Whoopi Goldberg. And I said this, and I got a little flack from it. At, it was barbershop talk. And I know it's because uh, the year in which we was doing this, a lot of the, a lot of fellas, it's a three, it's a catch-22. A lot of us are stuck in colorism. <sighs> and as soon as we see a, a dark-skinned one, uh, one of us, nah, she ain't, she ain't, he ain't not. I'd be like, you just saying that because of the complexion of her skin. You're not saying it because you're actually looking at her attribute, like her her fit, like Whoopi Goldberg was a fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg was a fox. She ain't had no eyebrows, so we. I, I digress. Come on, we're gonna keep on going. You see. You see? You just let the devil use you. You see that? That had, that had nothing to do with nah, colorism. <laughs>
It has nothing to do with colorism. <laughs> she ain't had no but eyebrows though, so we gonna go thing. move forward. It took my mama to to she the one who who uh, schooled me on that. I was like, dang, she sure done. But did she cut them off? I don't know. I think she did. I don't know. I've never heard of a disease that just attacks the eyebrows. Like if you don't have hair, it's just the whole shebang bang. Right, but I I don't know. But that was they came up in that time where it was the thing where women would take the eyebrows oh, off and, and then draw it back, back on. on. Yeah. yeah, I got a, a g- really good friend, and um, well, let me stop. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you was you was you was getting ready to take somebody. No. Nah. under that bus, baby. Yes, What's up, Kuka? What's up? I'm in your city, brethren. Dang, I appreciate you, little David. Little David. Um, so there was a trend where women were getting eyebrows tattooed on them, and I was like, I was like, you sure you want to do that? Because I mean, in the in the seventies, the trend was to cut your eyebrows off and then draw them back on. And then when I was coming up in my teens and my early twenties, the women were getting them really slim with the rip with the uh with the the thread from the Indian um oh, that's eyebrow. Too, yeah. uh-huh. But now threaded, you know, threaded. Now the eyebrows look like seven forty seven wings. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, do you really want a tattoo? Because they gonna change again. What if the next wave is like the heartbeat monitor at the the <laughs> hospital? What is? I've seen artists. <laughs> Look, she she said he's about to go to a place of no return. <laughs> Absolutely no return. I've seen an artist actually do that, like the in heartbeat do, in doing makeup. So you have that. Uh, you have the the makeup artists that do. I would call it theatrical makeup. But are they going to work at a at the office like that, or <laughs> no, is that like a Star Trek, no. the next generation <laughs> to boldly go where no man has gone before? <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies. I'm no, sorry. No, no, but I don't think th- I don't think that'll ever be a thing. Now, will it be a thing like for going out and stuff like that, where you have girl, where'd you get them heartbeat <laughs> lashes from? <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Up the street, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad men. I'm well. I never mind because now we gluing uh, locks in our heads. So I was about to say, I'm glad we don't do stuff like yes. that. I, listen, I just seen a man today on Instagram. His he was spinning. You know, you got the cowlick right here. This is what my mama call them cowlicks. So it's just in the corners of your head. So he took some. I don't know what kind of. He just, he just, it looked like it was a seasoning. It's, it's called fibers. Seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> Fellas, stop putting seasoning on your heads, okay? Stop putting that black Lowry's on your a, joint. That's what it looked like. He just tap, tap, sprinkle, sprinkle. And yeah, that, that's called fibers. Okay, so he put some fibers in the corners, and then he took some foundation, and he lined, he did a, he created a whole line out of foundation, and then he faded it. You know, made oh, that's it a whole science it project. He blended it in, and then he sprayed that joint. And then after he had like a perfect line, it was a perfect line. And he went to the club, and was bougie. He probably drank with he probably drank his drink with his pinky out. 
<laughs> Thank you, Christina. I appreciate you, baby. <laughs> Hope y'all warm up down there in Georgia because it's cold up here. Um, yeah, now, now, these are turning into um, special effects. The <laughs> hair game. Somebody's going to start. Mark my words. Something's going to happen, and people are going to go to the barbershop and beauty salon, and they're going to have that sparkle. Like when they walk by, you're going to hear this. But you're going to see the glitter. <laughs> How'd you do that? It's in my eyebrows, girl. Mm-mm. Like we doing a whole bunch. Like somebody going to turn into Worf from Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, let me get that Worf fade <laughs> with extra wrinkles. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's take a break. I'm about to call Coach. We got to get Coach in here. And get everybody going forward with this love. Let me get. To oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> Let me see. Is that connected? Boom. That is connected. Coach, well, let's see where you at. I hope you awake. Yeah, hello. Hello. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Willie Earl, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, brother. Sound like you still sleep. Hey, man, listen, Jamil. I had a had a rough night with some moonshine last night. <laughs> it just made my moonshine in my playbook, man. Just sit there drawing up Stop the plays. What about your pigs? You didn't have your hogs with you? Ain't they? Oh just... no, I, I I I don't own those anymore. Jamil, wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Letting that, you know that. You know, sometimes when you find the right one, you just got to make compromises. Jamil, you just have to make compromises. I know no longer officially have those in my possession. <laughs> That's yeah, right, because you went vegan. That's right. Yeah, man, I went vegan. That's why I was drinking moonshine, man. It ain't that, that ain't nothing but just, ain't nothing but just uh, vegetables. That's it. That's all that is, man. A little <laughs> fermentation. That's it. It's a little vegetables. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I had about one cup too many last night. So uh, bear with me, you feel, man. But I'm just here, man. I just wanted to say happy birthday, man. You know, it, 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 it kind of reminded me of the episode. Remember Martin had all those celebrities and stuff come to him happy birthday. This is, you know. It don't get no bigger than Coach Willie Earl, you know, Jamal. So, you know. That's why we got you on the show, brother. I appreciate yeah, you for man. making my birthday yeah. show live. Oh, man, listen here. I listen. I rolled over. I said, oh, oh, I got to get together for Jamal. I got to get it together. I think things stop swimming like Michael Phelps in my head. I made it. <laughs> I made But I'm here, brother. I was thinking that we was going to hear some hogs in the background, but I forgot that you. No, 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 man. Yeah, I listen. When you find somebody, this, 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 I I know it's your birthday, but when you find somebody you love, you just figure it out, man. You know what I'm saying? When you, you got to figure out what's most important. And for me, Troy Palomalo, okay? <laughs> <laughs> hair just trumps and everything and then if you say you know, so you, you know sometimes you got to have you got to coach yourself up and call time out and talk to yourself yourself pep talk and i realized you know i was giving her some flack about you know straightening it out but that just lets me know she's versatile you know you want a partner 
that has versatility. And I and I think subconsciously she thought that was going to deter me. But I just I, I took those lemons, you know, and I just made me lemon moonshine with it. You know, that's it. Why does that sound delicious and disgusting at the oh, same man. time? It, might, it just depends on the time of the day. You know, that really does. Morning time round breakfast, pretty good, you know. You know, I don't drink mimosas. I drink my lemon moonshine, okay? About midway through the, the day, get a little heavy on you is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, bro. All right, Coach. What, uh, uh, thank you, Tanisha. What uh, what love advice you got for us going forward in this nice winter? Well, season? I know I, I know, I know Valentine's Day. It, 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 it's approaching, you know. And uh, here's what I'm going to get the advice I'm going to give people is that I'm calling it fifty percent love. That's what I want to call it. Uh-oh. Yeah, fifty percent love. 50%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is applicable to like Christmas, Valentine's Day, anything of that nature. Like, don't put that pressure on yourself. Okay, for fifty percent off, you can celebrate the next day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that box of candy gonna be fifty percent off on on the fifteenth. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah. all kinds of sales on the 26th. And, you know, we don't, you know, for the Christian community, we don't even know when Jesus was really born. You know what I'm saying? So for half off, you know, <laughs> you might as well just know 50% love. Listen, stop putting so much pressure on yourself or the relationship. Y'all been together all year long. You might as well save you some money. You know what I'm saying? You're save right. you some money. You're right. And that's it. And listen here, I'm. I, I want to say this, Jamil, because Valentine's Day is coming up. And I don't know if we're going to have change, but I, I need to say this to the ladies, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, when you drive a car, okay, you ain't never drove no car without no seatbelt, no steering wheel, okay? Okay, those are called features. That just comes with the situation, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. So this Valentine's Day, ladies, don't offer that man features, okay? Don't offer him something that he can get 364 days out the week, okay? Do not do that. Don't try to put a bow on it or a ribbon on it, okay? He'll draw him draw him a card and, and, and finger trace it. I don't care what you do. Don't try to offer that man the same thing you offer him 364 days out the week. Listen here. 50% love is what I want to tell people about. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Y'all been loving on each other this whole time. I celebrate on the 15th. Them restaurants need that business, too, on the 15th, okay? Yeah. Flower companies, they need that money on the 15th, too. Chocolate. Listen here. 50% love is what I see. I can talk about something. 50% love on those holidays, those commercialized days of love and expression. Don't stress yourself. Just wait till the next day and celebrate and save you some monies. You know hey, what? That, I, I, I'm saving relationships one dollar at a time. <laughs> <laughs> the dollar general love, doctor. So yeah. why- it, 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 I'm going to say this too, Jamil. This is important. Ladies, this is for you too. If you did not hear from that young fella you've been dating <laughs> on the 14th, he texts you good morning beautiful on the 15th. That just lets you know what role on the team you play. That's just that right there. If you were wondering... Who you were, then that right there tells you. And it's okay. It's okay. Everybody needs people to come off the bench, okay? All right? Even Michael Jordan had half ups to just snap down, okay? There's nothing wrong with being but you didn't hear from him on the 14th. And you get a text about 8-17 on the 15th, the 15th. in the morning. Yeah, oh, that's I went that. to bed. Uh, oh, yeah, I had, a, I, had my tooth, I had my tooth pulled. It was an emergency. But you know what? I don't celebrate any holidays Outside I, I, of, it, 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 so I'll, uh-huh. cele- I'll celebrate real holidays like birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, 
anniversaries. Those are real to me. Everything else, that monetary stuff, I don't celebrate those. So you won't hear me on Christmas, Thanksgiving. I mean, unless I'm actually, if you're family, then I want a fellowship with my family. But I'm not, I don't do all that. Um, Valentine's Day, I don't do nothing. I'll be like, hey, good morning. How y'all doing today? Uh, ladies, y'all all right? Fellas, how y'all doing? <laughs> Man, that 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 you know what, Jamil, you might be on to some. I don't think nothing about how my beliefs. I just need to start telling women that just from the gate, you know. Yeah, baby, I don't really do none of those holidays. I'm woke and sleep at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I really wasn't celebrating them, that would make me woke. But I really didn't lie. Right? Because you still uh, secretly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm woke. I hear my roses and candies, though. Yeah, I'm gonna start using that, Jamil. I really am. I'm like, yeah, baby, I don't celebrate no holidays. Yeah, I, I want to ask. Uh, Kiana, a.k.a. Troy Palu Malu, about a phrase that you said uh, about, about the features. How do you feel about what he was talking about? Like, because um, as a man, um, as a 42-year-old man as of yesterday, mm-hmm. um, there, have, there has been a small amount of women that I've dealt with that were um, out of the box because I think the mindset is I have the honey pot and that's all that I need. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot of honey pots out there, bro. I'm telling you, yeah, that's what that's that's what when makes it, you a woman. It, the it, honey pot, it, though. Yeah, that is what separates you. But you know, listen, it's. There's some people, some women down there on uh, Edgewood that got honey pots too. Is all I'm saying, <laughs> and they selling them for forty dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> they giving you the fifty percent. Uh, listen, times is hard right now. You hear me? Ain't no listen. <laughs> listen here, brother. I got a bottle of moonshine and twenty two seventy four, young lady. What can we? What can we negotiate? You gonna negotiate? Coach. Yeah, we got to negotiate. It's it, it, listen. I need, I need, I need them pandemic prices. Oh <laughs> Coach is off the chain this, this morning. Yes, he is. I need them pandemic prices on the pot. You know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, the pandemic. Yeah, this is a, the pandemic made you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need the. I need the happy hour. <laughs> See, Coach just told us that he was on some moonshine uh, last night. Man, okay. Okay. Man. Okay. Man. Okay. Man. This is that when it's when it's still in you from the, the next day, boy. Right here. <laughs> pause. You gonna I say pause? Up like I'm feel drunk. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut my my wifey off. I just. <laughs> Cause I need to know what that, yeah. Sir, you I need, I'm, I'm gonna learn something about her. Cause I ain't got them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? No. Oh, I know you got, you got. Yeah, you got vegan prizes. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Deacon prizes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, vegan prizes. Listen, every time I think about going vegan, my it improves my memory. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, you know what? I remember I had just I had eight earlier. I remember I ate. Uh, yeah, but, I remember um, I had ate her limb. So, what was what what was your question like? Were... So, like Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. Um, 
from my perspective, it's mainly what's the man going to get the woman? Is the man going to get the woman these diamonds? Is the man going to take the woman to dinner? And I know that there are women that do the same thing, too. But it's almost like when you go to when you go to the club, clubs, ladies, you get in free all day long. We got to pay for your entry fee, though, because we're going to get charged 20 to 40 dollars. So they're going to get their money. It's coming from us. So on holidays like that, which I don't I mean, I haven't I don't know the last time I did participate in that. But <clears throat> it seems like that uh, and I could be off, but let's say it seems like the men have been conditioned to go overboard and beyond. And maybe it's because a lot of them, a lot of us fuck up throughout the year and, and we'd be like, well, this is safe. Me having three kids outside. Uh, <laughs> let me get you a new car. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, I'm I up think to that being you, wrong. No, no. Like, m- now the younger me, would have been combative over that. But the older me, the me that I am now. The seasoned. <laughs> yeah, the the <clears throat> the lorries over here. <laughs> um <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. And I I talk to my daughters about a lot and we had this discussion because they are teenagers. I have two teenage girls, and they are wanting that whole Valentine's. You know, when you was in high school, you get this the 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 get cards to walk around with a box of yeah, flowers and cards. And Where's your books at? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, they're they're wanting to experience that, but and and I get that, but at the end of the day, when you when you get older, it does. It's the it is. The relationship in its entirety, yeah, that that counts. And I'm learning. I have. To, I've been learning that it is kind of rough to put that type of pressure on on a man to be like, "Hey, you know, you need to." I'm I'm hoping to get this, this, that, and the other mm-hmm. for Valentine's Day, and. uh and I'm gonna give you a little bit of something, something at the end of the night that you always get at. Yeah, every or end I'm gonna cook, anyway. or I'm gonna cook you a special dinner, something <laughs> I do for you after work. But I mean, I, as I get older, I'm just like I'm not getting ready to. That it's the same thing with all of these. It's it's all it all stems back to consumerism and capitalism to me. Like if if it, like for Christmas for all of these holidays. If you've been showing me love, like my mama, for instance, she's been showing me love all year round. We got a a shelter. We got clothes. We got this. We got that. We got everything that we need. And then it's just this one holiday that. You about to go broke. Yeah. In order to to prove that you you love me. Mm Mm-hmm. Like not the fact that you just fed me and clothed me, paid the utilities. That ain't where this PS five at, mama. That's that's what's really gonna tell you. Like that's what's really gonna prove to me that you love me. Like if you you give me you give me this ring, you give me this necklace, this tennis bracelet, you give me this whatever. That's gonna on on this day. Mm. That's what's gonna prove to me that you that you really love me. Mm -hmm. And. 
as I've gotten older, I've I've come to to realize that it's not, you know what I mean? Like shit, spice it up all throughout the year. Yeah, you ain't got to wait till till one night to do it. Yeah, let Coach Willie Earl come over with one hog. Oh my God! <clears throat> listen, I, listen I, I'm just trying to, because I'm listening to you, and I think that means that on February 14th, I'm going to leave to have me some fried yard bird. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I feel as if, I, if I'm hearing correctly, that you ain't you, you, you cook all the time and you know the stuff. Yeah, but that ain't. But it's about my little thing. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think you missed yeah. that. Whole, you missed that whole thing. You missed it. <laughs> I just, I just be listen, man. I just want to be right to me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you just say you ain't gonna cook what you regularly cook, so I just thought that that meant something. Oh, All right. No, you missed it. Well, but listen, 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 listen. Can can I just order? Uh, can I just order some Popeyes? Listen, let me give the chicken away to the homeless, and then I can just smell the box after I give the chicken away. Look, can I do that? Like, here you go. <laughs> I'm going to be out here snorting like a, <laughs> like a drug addict. Yeah. I'm, I'm huffing the chicken box. <laughs> Put some hot sauce in the bottom of this box. <laughs> Ooh, just like old times. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, would, that would have been delicious right there. I could smell the grease on the left side of the box. That would have been so good. Oh, man. It would have been so good. I would have yeah. smelled the grease. Man, it would have been so good, man. I tell you. Man, I tell you. Man, what you mean? Listen, I, I, listen just, that's why she's special. That's why, fellas, that's, that's man. Listen, see how evolved <laughs> she is in her thinking. That's see yours. how evolved. And listen, and I, man, and I had to, I had to preach. I wasn't appreciating her last time I was on your show. And I appreciate that. Her, her versatility and her, her thoughtfulness. Oh, and safety thinking. Your thoughtfulness. You're going to get that box of Popeyes with the remnants. Man, that's what I think. Piece. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something different now. <laughs> That is something different, man. But don't let yeah, this commercialization, man. This is crazy, man. Listen, here's the thing about it is like why ain't Valentine's Day like March seventeenth or something after my tax check done came in or something. You know, that would make more sense. After the tax check. You mean like everybody just gets some money? Cause yeah, some, people, man. some some people's March seventeenth ain't good. They gotta pay too much. Listen here, man, that's why Coach Willie Earl live low and off the grid. I'm not gonna let them get money. They not. They don't know how much this. I take. I take money and coins and cash. That's it. That's it. You can pay me in a background world coins. That's fine. That's fine. I spend all day drinking moonshine, sorting that out. But yo, I don't need no paper trails. Well, listen, Coach. We always appreciate you here on the Jamil Hart. Hey, man. Thanks show. so much. But Jamil, happy birthday again, man. I really do appreciate you. Man, I appreciate. Mike. Oh, and <clears throat> I didn't get to acknowledge your birthday. It was like a couple, three weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. 14th, yeah, that was the 14th, yes, sir. Yeah, right. my, my brother Aquarian, fellow Aquarian. Yeah, yeah man. Thank, thank you, baby. I appreciate you. Thank you, you know, baby. Don't be, let, don't be on the show acting like you wasn't there for my birthday. Let's not do that. Let's not add the people out here thinking that we're not really together. Like, don't like, listen now. You're too much in character right now, okay? Listen, it's the cat's out the bag. People know about it, you know, okay? All of the Jamil Harlan Morton Chelbers. 
your old Facebook is Facebook. Everybody, I'm about to put a picture. I'm about to post my picture on your page. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, I got. My, I'm gonna have my hat on and my whistle with no with no shirt on. I'm gonna have my hat and my whistle with no shirt. Don't, don't do that. All right, well, yeah. Coach Man, hit us with your slogan, brother. Be good. <laughs> All right, take care. <laughs> oh man. I'm telling you, between Coach and Judge Mathis, man, my eyes just be wet in a beach, y'all. You know what I'm saying? That's that Atlanta <laughs> talk for you. So Nubia says, the love part is what I love to celebrate. I, div- I deliver roses to all the people, all the people I love. Why can't I see this screen? All the people I love and personalized cards. It's always about the partnered love. Well, all right. All right. Let's give you a round of applause. It sounds like you walk around with an R&B theme song or something. <laughs> Let's get away, mystery people. Oh, mystery people. <laughs> you know I got to insert my music into it. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, that was Coach Willie Earl, everybody, and I want to thank him for coming through. He always comes through. He always comes through and shows at. You hear me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, See, I knew it. She says she does. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> so, Kiana, I am setting up to take interviews for my Now or Never uh, episode today. And, of course, I need you to be there to be uh, an interviewee because okay. you have been a part of this movement. As a matter of fact, you were at the very beginning of this movement. And as a matter <laughs> of fact, you're the one that told me um, <laughs> in college. So, uh, yes, I did. Hold on a second. What do you say? Ashandra Jean, I had to grab my uh oh, let me get coach off. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, me and Kiana went to college together. <clears throat> hold on, I got a re- Everard. Well, Zam, happy Earth Strong King. That is my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Everard Horn. That's my people's. I will holler at you when I get back in town, brethren. Um, so me and Kiana, we went to the same college. I went to three colleges, but we went to the same one that I graduated from. and um, Which is Indiana State University. You know I wasn't going to say it. He wasn't going to say no, it. because they I'm won't give me it. my email account back, so I'm not giving them no type of shouts out. <laughs> How I give you all this money and I lose my password, and you can't <laughs> give me my password to get back into my email account. Well, don't, won't they do that? They do you got to be okay. enrolled here. I was enrolled. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. So we went to college together, and uh, I went to school for information technology. And uh, because of my cousin, who's, if you know us both, you would think he's older than me, but I'm actually older than him. He actually got into adulthood a lot sooner than me. He had a lot more. Um, there you go. No, no, no. Okay, okay. No, he had a lot right. more um, guidance in his life, and I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about David, David Holder. Okay. That's that's my cousin. He's been sort of a liaison to me in my life going forward. Like he's been a great influence. So um, <clears throat> I got my first internship in the MIS Department of Klipsch Audio Technology because of David. He helped me get into there, and uh, so I was in there, and I, that was my first taste of corporate America. And one of the, I'm not going to say his name, although I should, but one of the, the executives, he was a racist. Mm. 
And because I'm thinking that by being in corporate America, that I'm safe because of all the BS I had to deal with in the industrial uh, sector, the manual labor and working in warehouses and factories. So I'm like, I'm safe now. I don't have to get dirty at work. I can come to work smelling good and I can leave work smelling good and I can work on computers because that's what I'm in school for. <clears throat> Find out that you're not running away from racism. So I, I came to a point where I was like, I don't necessarily know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. And so I was searching, trying to figure out what I want to do. And since a kid, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to own my own business, but nobody around me knew how to start one. I grew up when there was no internet, people, so don't judge me. <laughs> so um, at the at the uh, intern, uh, there was a, a co-worker named Ken. Matter of fact, shout out to Carrie and shout out to Princess, the whole MIS crew. Uh, uh, I haven't seen y'all in a long time. But anyway, Ken had his own business. And so his business was really good. Like it was a lawn care business and it supplemented his income in the summertime. So he would be walking around like a fat cat in the summertime. And, you know, he did his thing in the winter, too. So I asked him, I said, how did you find out what it was that you wanted to be? No, how did you figure out what business you wanted to start? And he said, what you have to do, and I want you all to listen to this, because this was some game that I should have paid for. He said, what you want to do is find something that you're good at and that you enjoy doing that you would do for free hmm. and invest your time, your energy, all of your resources in that and eventually, it would become a lifestyle that yields you money. And I was like, wow, that was corny. In my immature mind, I was like, I'm thinking, you ain't told me nothing. So I went back to school. I, I thanked him for the game, but in my mind, I was too young to sort of piece all that together because I was like, well, it has to be more complex than that. I went back to college after the internship was up. And uh, me and Kiana, that was when Columbia House, you remember Columbia House? Uh, with the DVDs and the yeah, CDs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Columbia House was giving out, it was that a um, dollar, yeah, a dollar each mm -hmm. DVDs. Uh, uh, I remember that. Some type of subscription like that. But you, one of the DVDs, you had to pay at full price. Full price for, a DVD, for one DVD was $20, but if you get X amount of DVDs, you get to get them for a dollar a piece. Mm -hmm. So I got... John Q, Save the Last Dance, Don't Laugh. Um, that was a good movie. That was when I was introduced to one of my celebrity wives, Carrie Washington, everybody. But I digress. And I forget the other two, but then the last one I got was Jamie Foxx's I Might Need Security, which is I think that was his HBO Showtime special at the time. Oh, HBO. HBO. And so in my mind, in the back workings of my mind, I'm still trying to figure out, man, I don't know if this corporate is work. I don't know if this corporate is for me. I don't know. Uh-oh. Here he is. <laughs> hey, what's hell? My brother, DJ. DJ Godzillas. I was wondering if he was going to come on. Yeah, I'm here, brother. I'm here. Um, I should have. Some told me to hit you up to bring you on to the show, but I was like, it's last minute, and I know he got gigs. But uh, I'm going to hit you up afterwards because I want to see if you want to come through for this uh, documentary that I'm shooting. But so we got the Jamie, I got the Jamie Foxx I Might Need Security. And so prior to the Jamie Foxx I Might Need Security, me and one of my really good college friends, Ramon Calhoun, we would sit and watch um, um, 
kings of comedy. He had a bootleg. And, I mean, we would laugh till my stomach would hurt. And, I, and, and as a kid, I always knew that I loved stand-up comedy. I say it all the time. My brother introduced me to Eddie Murphy and um, uh, Richard Pryor. I was too shy that I was like, I would never be in the forefront of people doing that, but I love what it stood for. Plus, I come from a family full of... <laughs> I'm trying to find... Them, of underground comedians. And I'm talking about <laughs> my mama... Somebody can fall and bust their head, and she'll be like, bless your heart, you all right? <laughs> I'm just playing. She won't do like that. But we have a, a, a crazy sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like We laugh at stuff that sometimes you probably shouldn't laugh at. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching I Might Need Security, and I'm like, yo, that dude is good. And then he sings. I'm like, and he can sing. That's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> so then I told Kiana about it. You was pregnant, right, with Madison? Or it was before. I think that was before. Okay. So I went over to her dorm room and we watched it. And I'm talking about every time I watched it, that special was so funny that it felt brand new. How many times did we watch that together? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how the DVD even worked after a while. <laughs> like that mug should have just been burning, just smoke coming out and everything. But so I'm sitting there watching it with Kiana and we dying laughing. And I had an epiphany. And I said, that's what I want to do when I graduate college. Let me let me chime in, because before that, even before that, Jamil, first of all, I think that stand up comedy, I think that comedy period is is healing. Mm -hmm. Like it's not it's not just funny. It's not just entertainment. It is healing. Mm hmm. And when done right, yeah, yeah, when done right, absolutely. And during my college days, some days I was, I was down uh, a lot. And Jamil was a healer. Okay, <laughs> like I, I was laughing nonstop around him, and it brought out the best of me. He so, brought the best in me. Oh my god! Okay, I stop. So, so when he came to that epiphany, like it was, it was automatic. It was kind of like when he said it, I was like, "Yes, yes, you should. Yes, do it." And she was the first person that I told that because I was afraid to tell people that because when you tell people that you want to do something that's not a part of a, a, a structured. Um, movement is like, nah, you shouldn't do that. You should get a real job. Um, so she, when she said that, I was like, I just said it to see what she was going to say. And she's like, yeah, you should. I was like, really? No, yes. You think I should? Mm-hmm. And all my life, I would hear teachers, coworkers, like older people say, you know, you should be a stand-up comedian one day. You, you're you really funny. Again, I was insecure and I didn't have any confidence. I was like, nah, that ain't me. But, you know, let's have fun right now. <clears throat> so... From Kiana, because she said, yeah, you should do it. She motivated me. The ultimate test was my mama. <laughs> I was like, what my mama going to say? Because <laughs> this is going to be the deal breaker. If she says no, then I'm like, damn, I'm not good enough. I, I can't do it. So I told my mother, and she looked at me. She said, all right, let's do it. You can do it. 
And then sort of like the, the safety net was my grandmother. You tell my grandmother you want to do something outside of any type of structure, she's going to be like, oh, that's just silly. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma's favorite word, oh, that is silly. That comes from them generations. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I told my grandmother, I said, Grandma, she said, so what you going to do now that you graduated? I said, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. She said, well, that's all right. Well, Okay. I said, well, damn, it looks like that's what I'm going to be. All the checks. In. But then here's the funny thing. It was people that I would tell that after I verified with, the, with y'all that they would say, you ain't going to do that. These same people, I had them in tears. I would have them in tears, dying, laughing at anything that I said. And I wasn't no buffoon or nothing like that. But, you know, that's just a part of your, 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 your makeup. And they said, you can't do it. You won't do it. So then that created a spark to prove them wrong. Because I already had three people and two people that, that, that if I'm not going to do it, they would know best because they raised me, told me that I could do it. So all that came from, um, from the, 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 the connection that me and Kiana has had. And so that's, so I'm here filming a portion of my Now or Never documentary episode five. It's going to be the last episode for that um, movement, if you will. Um, and I will explain why it's the last one inside this documentary. But this is why it's so important that I have to get her in here because she was at um, the foundation stage and she would come to some of my shows. And one thing as a performer, I don't care if you're a violinist, if you're a tap dancer, if you're an opera singer, when you get to a point where you're good, the world will enjoy you. And it's cool that the world enjoys you. But it's something very, very, very special when the people that grew up with you, that saw you go from A to B to come out and support you. Because those are your worst critics or your hardest critics. I've had people that I grew up with come to my show and be like, man, I could do that. Really? Uh, Why haven't you yet? <laughs> what's stopping you? Yeah, what's stopping you? But it was their way of kind of trying to slight me due to, I don't know whatever they had going on, but that didn't affect me. But to have to, especially to come home to where you, you the, 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 the turf where you from. And I had the opportunity on multiple occasions to come home and perform and most of those shows, I had one off show. And I remember having one off show because the headliner asked me not to interact with the crowd. Because that's what he did with his set. But my set, we exchange. I'm not going to work on you all day, but we exchange energy. And um, so I had an off night. And I vowed that night that you're not about to, I'm not about to tank in my town. I'll tank in Knoxville. I'll tank in Idaho, not in Indianapolis. And so the next day, boom, dropped a bomb and had an amazing show. And with that being said, the city came out and supported me. A lot of the shows that I would come and feature in, the city came to see your boy. And that meant the world to me to, to know that the city would come to see me instead of the already famous headliners. 
that made me feel good. That made me feel, that that let me know that I was on the right path. Even if I didn't stay there, I'm doing something. I'm doing something right. Right. And um, so this is why it's imperative that you be a part of this documentary, um, along with some other people that I hit up. And I wish I can get a lot more people because there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of components to this puzzle. But it's wintertime in Indianapolis. It, I'm looking at <laughs> snow right now. On I've been here since Friday. That snow hasn't moved. <laughs> That's how cold it is. And people are like, well, you from here. I've been in Atlanta for 15 years. This skin ain't Midwest no more. <laughs> so, um, what up, Sly? Another good partner right there, boy. It's always good to see Sly. Hey, man. Sly has always been one of the coolest brothers. <laughs> Sly, you say, what's up, Sly? He just smiled. What's up, man? <laughs> what's up, brethren, man? Good to see you, my brother. Um, but, yeah, so we filming that today. Um, and then I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of Indianapolis's hair and get back down to Atlanta and uh, get back to the business. But I've, I, t- I make fun of this, this weather. I make fun of the, the potholes. But this is my city nonetheless, and I appreciate all of my supporters from here, from everywhere. But, you know, since I'm here, I want to talk to y'all directly. I want to thank y'all for, uh, for allowing me to be in your circumference. Is this so, it's, it's, so, it's so many people that you could choose, but you choose me. Yeah. I feel... I felt like I should have followed that with a nice tune or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sound like he's about to hate real quick, though. <laughs> so do you have anything to say, Kiana, before we get off of this show, this lovely morning? Um, I would like to, again, follow up just as everyone else has said this morning. Happy belated birthday. Hey. Um, you are a king, and I have watched you evolve into the great man that you are. And I appreciate you. I appreciate being on this journey with you and you you reaching down instead of pulling up because you very well could have that that speaks of your your potential. You're not going to get me to cry on my own show. That's not what we about to do. <laughs> I'm from the south side of Indianapolis. And we done, <laughs> look, I got it. The, the eyes started burning right here, so I had to hear him throw up my defenses. <laughs> We're not going to do no no crying on here. Not go <laughs> and you are, you have, you are the, the godfather of my oldest daughter, and she speaks highly of you, and she appreciates appreciates you as well as well as the tootster as you call tootster and and mariana mari mari so i'd like to to thank you and give you your your flowers while you're here you are you're a great man good dude good dude i want to hit you with an old person phrase but one don't come to my mind except for that's all right Tawana Webb, what's up, baby? Appreciate you. Hey, sis. Peace, uh, peace and love to you too. Well, 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Jamel Harley Show. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, we didn't have any glitches today. How about hey. that? See how that works? Um, and we will be back next Saturday, same bat time, same bat channel. Um, Clubhouse, before we go. Uh, I met a master teacher on Clubhouse as it pertains to African civilization, African history, um, which in turn is global history. I will be interviewing him on my podcast, The Audacity, February the 10th, yes. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. I think Central. Tune in. Grab your notebooks and your pens and get ready to learn something. Yeah, tune in, people. Yes. You're going to, man, this brother came in this room and started, he's 76 years old, and he got to talking. And people with PhDs shut their mouths. Mm -hmm. And there were, there were a couple of brothers that were humbled, and I mean humbled by the definition of they lowered themselves mm -hmm. from the pedestal that their degrees created for them. And they said, the more I hear, the more I learn from you, the more I realize how much I don't know. See, a wise man knows he knows nothing mm -hmm. because there's too much to know. A fool thinks he knows everything. So if you're on Clubhouse, look for me, add me, just because. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm going to get the, 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 the marketing material ready for Brother Phil True. That's his name. If you see him on Clubhouse, Brother Phil True. He's coming on the audacity. Uh, happy birthday, bro. Well, I appreciate it, uh, Ghost Alchemist. Alchemist, I appreciate you. Um, but Brother Phil True will be on the show. Uh, I've already purchased, I've already got so many, uh, several books from him, so, uh, I didn't say from him. And they are, they are so deep. And these, <laughs> this is information that's hidden from us in plain sight. So I want to urge you guys, to guys and gals to come on board, learn you something so you can maneuver through this, this life a little bit better than what we've been doing. And that is the Jamel Harley show. And thank y'all again. We'll catch y'all next week. You are now listening to the Jamil Harley morning show.